Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Welcome to Dunks and Discourse, Episode 8. Man, 8. It feels like just yesterday we are getting this rolling. Um, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jabari Davis. Jabari, how are you doing? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. It, it does... You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I like doing the multiple shows a week. It is nice. It, like, I think when NBA is back full-time, too, it'll be mm. bumping. Because sometimes we got to... We got, like, to the Sunday or the Monday when we were only doing one week, and there's just so much to cover. And we were doing pods that were, like, two hours, an hour and 45, because you're just trying to cram so much stuff in. Yeah, and, and while those were fun, don't get me wrong, you know, as a podcast listener, I don't know about, you know, the listeners out there, while every so often that's okay, I much prefer, like, a 45-minute to one-hour type podcast so I can just, you know, get in, get out type deal. So I, I like this format. I'm, I'm kind of the other way. Like, I, I will listen to a three-hour pod in, like, three sittings, if that's how it's going to be. But just from, like, a, the recording aspect, you you would only plan for, like, that hour of a show, but you kept, you know, go you, you would go off on things because something wasn't in the show notes. So you saw, thought of something from Tuesday, but now it's Sunday. And it, it just, it, it always kind of snowballed. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, like, like I said, I'm happy to be here, happy to be doing this new show, and happy to be with Blue Wire. So let's go ahead and kick it off so the listeners aren't sitting there like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so one, um, well, we're, we're going to talk about a couple things this week. But to start off, we got some a little bit of NBA news. Um, we've got the Extraction movie on, on Netflix. Uh, we've got some ideas of our own on uh, ideas for spin-offs in television and we are going to talk about what we're binging this week so let's start off with the nba news because it's, it's not definitive but sham sharania uh tweeted at one possible playing ground for nba if finishing season becomes safe for league and players walt disney world resort property in orlando sources tell the athletic stadium league has kept different scenarios in mind now keith smith of Yahoo Sports, who's who we both love, who's been on the show a couple times, Absolutely. reported this like two weeks ago. Had a whole story, um, so you know, Sham <laughs> has has done this to Mark Stein. Um, I've heard he's done this to other people off the record. It, it's uh, not not one to give credit to other people, but I just want to say Keith Smith had this like two weeks ago. He was on this, so shouts to Keith, and I'm I'm glad that Shams is now reporting it because that means it's picking up some traction, but. Uh, yeah, shouts to Keith, man. No, absolutely, and and I didn't read. I you know like as we discussed in the uh, pre in the pre show, I didn't read Shams' article. Like I was hoping that he you know that he credited Keith Smith, but either way, I won't you know I won't take anything away from him. But I'm glad that you you phrase it that way. You know, pro- big ups and props to Keith. Yeah, like whenever the bigger guys pick it up, it's awesome because it means that they, it's, it's picking up more steam. But I know these guys are on top of it all the time, and and Keith is 
and I'm just gonna, you know, like I don't even mind gushing about Keith for 30 seconds. Keith is one of the best guys you'll ever meet in this business, man. I went down to Disney World a couple of years ago. He was working for Disney, set me up with a nice discount. He and I got together at a bar, watched a game. Oh, um, nice. Just, a, just a super nice dude, man, and and works incredibly hard. Was working two jobs while writing, while doing all the things he does for agents and. I mean, he, he's an excellent guy. So I, I hope of all the people, and there's a lot of hardworking people out there in the NBA Twitter sphere, of all those people, I think he's very much in store for full-time work somewhere. Well, and honestly, that's great to hear because you, you never know, to be honest with you, when you're dealing with people over the Internet. Like, I've had some good experiences. I've had some bad experiences. But the truth of the matter is I'm always in favor of, you know, kind of supporting and wishing, you know, wishing good people well. So, yeah, yeah good on you, Keith. And I hope, I hope it does lead to, you know, being back as a full-time gig once again. Yeah, so let's go to the situation. Um, something else that I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this as well, is that this has been talked about for a bit, and there's some reluctancy. It's coming down to kind of like a player debate where um, the higher-paid, more experienced players have no interest in getting stuck in a hotel in Orlando mm-hmm. as this playoff format plays out. And younger, less experienced players are like, Heck yeah, give me the game check. Let's go. Let's do this. Um, I I hope that's not what it comes down to. Is the All Stars being like, nah, I'm not playing a single elimination or a best of three. I'm not I'm not staying in Orlando for a month. I hope that's not what it comes down to because they are making the millions. But if that is what it is, that'd be sad. Okay, so you, you you know, of course, I'm split on this. I understand where they would be coming from if that's the case. I I get it. Um, but at the same time. Like, I would hope that the Players Association is able to, you know, step in and, and, and get them on the same page, get everybody on the same page, because I don't want to point the finger or, or, you know, go, you know, run with a rumor or whatnot. But I would hope that the Players Association is strong enough at this sta- at this stage and, you know, has enough pull, you know, obviously, you know, with the players and, and, and in, you know, and in connection to the league, I would hope that they'd be able to work this out because, yeah, it, it's tough. I don't want to say I don't. I don't want to be completely insensitive and say like, oh, you know, these guys just got to get over it because I do completely understand where they would be coming from. But at the same time, if you've got, say, you've got two thirds of the league that are ready to go that are, are wanting to go, and then you just have a third of it that you know is is reluctant or just simply flat out says no, yeah, that w- that would just be a bad look. I, I would you know, I would hate for e- even the discussion around that. So fingers crossed that it doesn't come to that. Yeah, I mean, like, why can't we just say, like, you don't have to suck it up. Like, I understand, like, you might not want to leave your family and go to work. But, like, if the majority of America's going to work and you've got NBA dollars behind you keeping you in safe, isolated hotels and you're making millions of dollars, yeah, you got to go to work, man. Like, I, that, that is kind of, like, the reality. I'm not saying suck it up. I'm not saying you can't feel like that's not something you want to do. I think hopefully we're past that discourse. And I know that we're not. I know the talking points would be really stupid, but... I just think like the the reality of the situation is if if this is viable and like all all the safety you know people that the NBA have are like we can do this like let's let's do this. Put it I'll put it like this I don't think I don't think the conversation gets to this point you know where things are being leaked and things are being like almost spoken of in definitive terms if you don't if you know, if there isn't buy in. You know like I I just don't think that the NBA would want that you know want that type of blowback so Part you know, part of me you know, maybe I'm being myopic about it, but part of me doesn't you know simply doesn't think that the NBA will allow this stuff to get out. Uh, you know, like I, you know, I'm talking about the plans and you know they even set you know dates you know, where initially it was May first, but then they you know they they spoke of May eighth. Uh, you know, in terms of opening up you know, you know the the team buildings or whatnot. Uh, yeah, so part of me just feels like it, it has to be you know headed in that direction. So here's my thing. Um, 
we're not getting any regular season games. Anybody I've talked to, no, no regular season games. Like, it's not going to happen. But for a playoff format, it's still been very fluid. And there's little, like, this could happen and this could happen. And um, I think it was Bill Simmons last week who was talking about, like, the what he's heard is it was going to be, like, a 12-team scenario. Mm-hmm. If if they come back and they have even a best of five, a best of three regular playoffs, I don't think there will be an asterisk. You know, people said that about 99 and 2012 for shortened seasons. This wouldn't be any different to me. They played, you know, on par games. But if we go to a, like a 12-team a field for playoffs or potentially game formats, like do you think, do you think the eventual champion is going to get their due? Or do they deserve their due? How do you feel on that? I think, ult- you know, kind of as I always say in these things, in the immediate, there's going to be people. There, there's not. There's not going to be a way to satisfy everybody. There's, you know, there's just going to be people that are upset or people feel that oh, if we had just had this much more time or oh, if, you know, you know, whatever the case may have been. Beggars can't be choosers, man. Like, like as as fans of the game, as you know, employees of you know, like of the game. You know, like uh, you know, in, in terms of the players and the coaches and whatnot. While there may be some grumbling, well, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. like I'll, I'll pause you there because like I get what you're saying, but like that's not where I'm coming from. Um, okay, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not talking about like the the reception and if fans want it or not, or if they're going to be appreciative or not. I'm just saying like when we talk about it from like a, if Giannis wins his first ring, are the masses going to be like that ring doesn't count? That's a, that, that's a phony ring. Well, well, that was the first part of what I was saying, and I was going to you know come back to that. There's going to be that you know there's going to be some of that at least initially because there's going to be people that say you know like we didn't really have a fair shake or they you know he didn't really have to earn it. But the the reality is over the course of time, people will let go let that go. Like all the people that used to say '99 didn't you know it you wasn't complete or you know didn't count or had an asterisk. Nobody says that anymore. Honestly, nobody even says that. You know, nobody even says that about what was it 2012. No one even yeah. says that about about that. So initially, you'll get you'll have people that complain because you you know how it is. Whether it's NBA Twitter, you know, just just you know, out there in the zeitgeist in general, there's always going to be people that say like, oh, this isn't fair, or you know, my team didn't get a fair shake. But ultimately, that you know, whomever wins this title, they will be respected as a champ. Yeah, I think so too. I think it would have to be some sort of crazy scenario where it was like uh, March Madness, single elimination, for people to be like, "No, that doesn't count." Well, and yeah, I and, and yeah. I would go the other way on that because I still like that's the thing with the Super Bowl, man. Is sometimes I watch the Super Bowl and I'm like, "The the better team lost," mm-hmm. and uh, you know the competitor poor loser in me is like, I, I think like the '07 Patriots obviously come to mind. You know, like they play that game ten times, the Patriots are winning nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't. But they didn't, and that's fine. But like the NBA is not that sport, right? It's about. Yeah, no, it that that would be you know too far extreme. Like, of course, like if they played it, I would watch it, and I would you know I would I would learn to appreciate it, but I I wouldn't love it. And yes, I I do agree. If it were that extreme, yes, you would have. You know, most of us would say okay, but it was that. Uh, as long as they have you know somewhat regular you know reasonable you know playoff format, even if it's even if it's you know back to you know uh, you know you know best of three in the first round or best of five, you know whatever the case may be, I'd be fine with it as long as it's not just single single elimination. Okay, so let's transition. Um, hopefully we'll have, you know, something. I've, I've got a feeling that something is coming down. It does feel like the dam's starting to break. And uh, come next week on the episodes, we might have NBA news news to talk about. But um, in the meantime, what are you binging right now? 
really just one or two shows right now. You know, of course, all the other shows that I've you know I've spoken of, like you know, like those are kind of in the background. But for me, Black AF, uh, folks, you can figure out what that means. It's on Netflix. Um, it's a Kenya Burris show. It's 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 essentially. It's essentially the, I would say the less Disneyfied or less um you know less PC version of Blackish. Anybody that's seen that on a- on ABC, it's it's uh, it's Kenya and it's 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 with Rashida Jones and it's kind of like telling his life story, uh, but from the um what is it what is that style of The Office? Was that American Vandal style where it's like a mockumentary kind of behind the scenes you know you know type type comedy. Um, so for anybody that's looking for you know that type of family you know family comedy uh, with a bit of edge. Uh, you know, I would recommend that. And the second one that I'm watching is Bosch. I finally gave in. Everybody kept talking about it. You know, Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, because I do like true crime. I do like you know uh, cop dramas and things of that nature. Um, Titus Weaver's fantastic as the, as the you know title character. Uh, it's got Jamie Hector from The Wire and you know a bunch of other faces. It's like, oh, okay, I know that guy or I know that lady. Um, so those are my main ones right now. Have you seen either either one of those? No, I haven't. And and it's funny though you mentioned Bosch. Um, everybody everybody has a show that they that they need to watch that's like really talked up. And uh, you mentioned Sam Esfandiari the other day. He's he's watching you know uh, Sopranos for the very first time. Mm-hmm. My show like that is Mad Men. I got to get to Mad Men eventually. I have never seen it, okay. but uh, everyone also has a cop show that someone has recommended to them, but they haven't watched. Yeah. And for me, it's The Shield. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I've had a half dozen people tell me to go watch The Shield, and I've, I've never checked out The Shield, so maybe I gotta get on that. But uh, the, the, I, the Shield is one you know, we're we're together in that. I never watched it either. And then the other, you know, probably a few months ago, I watched two or three episodes, and I said, okay, I see why. I see why. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I gotta give it a go because that is that is the cop one that I keep hearing over and over when I ask this stuff. Um, I'm just gonna for myself. Last Kingdom on Netflix. Mm. Have you seen that? Have you checked that out at all? I haven't yet, but it's, it's the same deal. I've heard a bunch of people, you know, like, you know, talking it up on the timeline, and you know, a couple people have even mentioned it to me, but not yet. The seasons sort of have like the um, the Power Rangers theme to them. You know, the Power Rangers would always like there be a bad guy. They would come. They would fight him in person. They would lose. Then they would rally. Then they they'd be winning, and then the bad guy would get bigger, and then they'd have to come together and like beat it as the bigger Power Ranger sort of mm-hmm. thing. Okay. The, the seasons kind of do that. Not the episodes, but like every season, the the main character he puts his head in the wall. He has no tact, no strategy whatsoever. Makes everything harder for himself, and then he <laughs> by the end of the season he kind of like becomes the hero and saves the day. And uh, but it, it is really rewarding. Like it, it's not perfect writing, and there's some cheese, but. It's somewhere in between like a Thrones and a Vikings, and it it's a lot of fun, man. I, I really enjoy the show. Are there any like big names in it? I'm trying to think who the biggest name is. Not really. Um, not no, no one's coming to me off the top of my head. But it's been a, been a while since I've seen seasons one, two, and three because this is the fourth season that I'm on now. Oh, ah, okay. And I watch, but I I, I mean. I don't know, as strong as an endorsement, without a pandemic, without isolation, <laughs> I watched the first, second, and third season all within, like, two days every time they've come out. Like, I, I, I devour these. They're, they're, they're pretty entertaining television. That's actually meaningful, man. Like, yeah. Because it's every, you know, you, you know me, I watch everything anyhow, but these days, I watch everything. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I mean, that's the thing, and uh, I, I do like this segment because I'm gonna, I've got a little running list. 
Mm-hmm. And whether this goes on forever or not, I'm going to catch up on some of these. Um, I'm, I'm going to mention this too before we transition to our next topic that mm-hmm. Jabari did take the time to create a Dunks and Discourse Twitter handle at Dunks and Discourse. Uh, so give that a follow. Um, we're going to put some of the polls on there, uh, some of our forms and stuff. Just just easier for you guys to find us and another platform for us to interact on. Absolutely, and, and just to clarify, it's at Dunks Discourse. Unfortunately, uh, couldn't do Dunks and Discourse, so at Dunks Discourse. Dunks Discourse. Okay, um, let's go to Extraction. Right. So. Extraction on Netflix, uh, starring Chris Hemsworth, and it's being described as John Wickish, but it it I think it's more Man on Fire. Hmm. Okay. It, the, the what's funny is I hadn't seen it described as that just because I hadn't heard much about it until you you know, you put it in the queue to you know to watch and discuss. But the note that I have down is John Wick meets every fun Black Ops movie you've ever seen. So there you go. <laughs> I, I think like this this movie I was pleasantly surprised and I don't know if this is gonna ruin my movie um, credit or not but like I John Wick I've never loved John Wick as much as Twitter has loved John Wick I enjoy it I think it's great Keanu's my guy don't ever kill a dog in a movie I don't want to see it that's where I'm at on John Wick so I can never fully enjoy it Extraction you know there there is a kid chucked off a roof mm. but no dogs are killed so easier to just sit back and enjoy. Easier to deal with a kid getting chucked off a roof than a dog getting killed. What does that say, though, that, like, the world can just watch that? (laughs) Just be unfit? It was actually a pretty shocking... There is a scene, and again, we are all spoilers all the time. And one of the worst parts of the movie is that the goon who throws this kid off the roof never gets caught. Yeah. But, like, this big henchman dude, he's just, like, sorting through kids, trying to get information for, like, the drug lord. Picks one up, chucks him off, like, a 12-story building. Just moved to the next kid. I was like, "That's pretty ruthless. That's that's pretty new, dude." I was watching this last night, and I was, you know, just just like, okay, you're right, a big bad guy. He's sitting there tough. He's posturing. He's not gonna. Oh my god! <laughs> like, I, I don't really get stunned by much. I watched Game of Thrones like it was a comedy, but but when he when they chucked that kid off the roof, I was like, "What the?" F-? I just just didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah, him not getting got was a mistake. But on a whole. I came up, my dad was like old school action. Like every crappy action movie, Sylvester Stallone, Kurt Russell, uh, Christian Slater, Arnold Schwarzenegger was his favorite. Any of them did, I saw. And this had like an old school action vibe to me. Like it had the man on fire, you know, broken individual taking care of the kid with worse writing. But it also, it, it was like the old school action. Like it was insanely violent. It was go, go, go. The writing wasn't great, but you were just kind of blown away by the pacing of it. Um, honestly, like this this felt like a 74, 75 out of 100 for me if you want an action movie. I have, you know, I've got it right in that same range, and what's funny is you were listing your dad's favorites. I, I was almost like, I feel like his dad and I would have been friends, <laughs> or or at the very least, you know, uh, movie buddies. Uh, look, you know, from that knife fight in the streets, you know, the one that winds up with, oh, yeah. with winds up with my dude hitting them at full speed with a truck. Uh, that initial extraction from the you know from the room where he ultimately get you know grabbed the kid from, where he slaughtered like twenty people. I, I'm right there with you. It had everything. It, it's one of those. It's one of those things where when you go to see a movie like this, you, like if you're expecting you know incredible plot, you know development and storyline development, you're, you're at the wrong place. If you if you just want knife fights and people just blowing people up and all, all you know all types of action, it was kind of perfect for that. So I've got it right in that same range, about a seventy-five. Yeah, and, and 
again, like that out of a hundred ranking is different for every movie, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like an Oscar contender, you might be harder on, but a seventy nine for that movie might make it like a better overall movie. Mm-hmm. But this is like for for what this is. This is a hey, you're in quarantine. Do you want to watch some some insane violence and insane action sequences? It it's pretty pretty damn good. And I gotta say, like I very rarely take note of like specific moments in the action movie, but that knife fight is like awesome. It, yeah. it, I can't think of a better knife fight in any movie. It was just so clean. Like, the sequencing and the choreography was so clean. And, you know, immediately preceding that, in the initial action scene that starts that off, the most savage leg kick I've ever seen. <laughs> the most savage leg mm-hmm. kick sweep I have ever seen. It was just filthy. Like, the, there, if you like action movies, you got to check it out. Yeah, when action scenes are, are well done, you know, there, there's really there's really no comparison. And you know, not to crap on the you know, on Birds of Prey again, but it does it really stands out when you you know when you see a movie, you see an action movie like this where the scenes are done well and the, and the, and the choreography is, is is good and it doesn't have like the most ridiculous looking CGI stuff all throughout. It, you know, you, you can appreciate it. Again, Birds of Prey suck. Sorry, J Dub. Yeah, sorry, sorry, boys. Sorry, everyone that got mad on us at us on Twitter, because apparently we were supposed to like it. I, I hate when you're supposed to like a movie, or supposed well, to hate a movie. There's no and, such thing, man. Sometimes you know you could look at a movie and say it's great. I can look at the same exact movie and say it's dog shit. It just is what it is. And that's the thing, man. Movies and music are so subjective, but there's like such a this is how we're supposed to think, feel react to this movie thing especially i've noticed on twitter and it really like it it irks me sometimes if i'm allowed to use that word but yeah no also (laughs) and i'm I'm not gonna be able to say the names of some of these actors but the kid is played by ovi mahajan Uh, i thought the kid did a good job um uh saju who is uh, also a badass in the movies played by ran deep huda and david harbour um plays like an ex black ops guy um, and and give some good minutes to the film too. That was a good fight in the living room as well. Yeah, you know, like and and I give you credit for you know for, you know with the names because I'm terrible with names. <laughs> you know, um, I think everybody did everybody did a good job in their roles. You know, the kid was great. Uh, my man that was you know that was also kind of chasing him down. He was great. Uh, even, you know, even the villain that was you know just pretty much he just postured the entire time. You know, I, I thought he was I thought he was solid. You know, I, look. Again, this isn't this is not an Academy you know award you know nominee you know you know type movie. But if you like this type of violence, you like that type of action, you know it's worth it's worth a watch. Um, yeah, for sure. And you know what, Tyler Rake, it was a mistake. That was a bad name. But I would watch another Tyler Rake <laughs> movie. And they give you just enough at the end to make mm-hmm. you think maybe he pull- there is no way he pulled through in reality. But maybe he did because when the kid gets out of the pool, you know you kind of get that glimpse of a white dude hanging out at the pool and maybe it's him but man he had taken a, a, a few bullets and then one to the neck before jumping into a river and I'm not sure how he could have survived that but I, I would watch another movie with, with this character. It would be ridiculous if, if he survived it but all the stuff that we just spoke of you know killing 20 men in a in a very you know, relatively small you know space that had guns and knives and stuff that's ridiculous so oh. I'm, here for, I'm here for it too that's another one too, man. He's just like he's constantly like using one as a guard, shoving, punching. Mm-hmm. Comes around the corner again in that first action scene, which is which is just incredible. Like this is up there with like the raid and three hundred and Matrix for like it really is. If, if all you care about is the action sequences, it is that it, it is awesome. And he punches a dude in his like combat helmet. 
<laughs> and just keeps just humming. I don't know. It's it's good, man. It's really good. No, it's good um, before we talk about some movies that we would like to make some changes to, have a little spin-off of, um, I wanted to talk to you um, about the current situation we're in. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they are bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com is the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, no need to go to the doctor's office or spending time in a waiting room or in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. Okay, let, let's let's chop it up because this is a fun topic that you kind of came up with. You're flirting with on the timeline. You're getting some interest. And, it, and it's something I'm passionate about. And I realized that a lot of my ideas are movies. So we might have to do a whole nother one on movies maybe next week. But I'm going to sneak a couple of those in in a TV format as well. So, you know what? Hit me. A TV show idea you want for a spin-off. All right. So there were a bunch. And to be honest with you, I presented a few of these, as you mentioned, on the timeline. Uh, as we tend to forget about, of course, that's at Josh Eberly and at Jabari Davis NBA on Twitter. Um, and you know, I was, I was pitted. I pit them against one another. You know, so I kind of got like a a, lot, a large reaction. But the first one I want is Arya. Look, Game of Thrones. You and I both know. As much as people try to you know circle back and say, oh well, it wasn't that bad at the end. It really was. None of us were satisfied. So this is what I want. I want Arya west of Westeros. I want all of her kills and conquests. Uh, you know, I want to know if does she ever link back up with with Gendry. You know, do they find a way maybe to send sex scrolls uh, via Raven? You know, keep things going from long distance. I want to see what I want to see what happens with John and Tormund, you know, north of the Wall. Uh, what does Bran, you know, Bran as the king? What the hell does that look like? Uh, does anybody rise up and try to assassinate him or you know usurp his power, which we know would take place? Uh, you know, it would also give us the opportunity to kind of see Tyrion's continued adventures, whether it's in a you know a direct role as you know hand of the king or you know anything else. Uh, maybe bring Bronn back, you know, bring him back into the fold since he wasn't a part, you know, he was mysteriously left out of all the death and stuff at, you know, death and destruction at the end. So for me, um, I read this was the least popular one, but it's, it's one of the ones that I would want. I don't want this at all. I don't, okay. I, I don't want, and here, here's why. <clears throat> I want George R. R. Martin to, <laughs> to never leave his fucking house until he's done these books. And it was, I mean, we, we, we're not, Quite, we need to get in on the book chatter a little bit too, I think. But The Winds of Winter is apparently coming this December 
And it is apparently, according to this article I'm reading, owing to the present situation of COVID-19, finally the writer has had time to finish Mm -hmm. the highly awaited book. So he's apparently finishing it, and it's coming December. We get book six. And apparently there are twists and turns you don't see coming that don't follow the show. So I'm excited. I want to see how he wraps the books, because the show was the best show of all time until they lost the source material, and then it fell off. And as much... As like Arya sniping the Night King was nice. I'm just I'm over her story, and I feel like her kind of going back and just hopping in with her brothers and sisters kind of ruined her whole mystique. And I just there's not that's not the way I would want to go with a, a throne spinoff. You know, I see for all of those reasons that's why I was disappointed with how they ended her story. It made no sense. I I get the cutesiness of her, you know, being the one to you know to kill him, but that kill should have been Jon's. I'm I'm just not satisfied. And John, and that's the problem. Jon Snow sucks, man. Like he he was a liability in every battle and we won't make this we won't go too far on thrones here, but yeah. every single battle he's just getting curb stomped, jumped on, <laughs> needs a, he needs an assist constantly. He's like Jordan when the Pistons got him and he's pipping a step up. I don't know. I can't oh, think of a see. better comparison right now. See? <laughs> so who had the migraine game? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jon Snow had a migraine every time they needed him. <laughs> Jon Snow was like all giddy, already one of the best swordsmen in Westeros. But every time he needed him to show up, he charged way ahead of the army and got cuffed real quick. Um he was getting got by that dragon before Arya came to. Like it was, it was a. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a dragon. <laughs> okay, so here's here's my first one. Did you ever watch Jericho? No, but I. It, that was one of those shows where back in the day everybody said you gotta watch it. Okay, I. It was on Netflix at one point. I don't know if it's still there. Mm-hmm. It stars Skeet Ulrich as Jake oh, okay. Green, and Lenny James as Robert Hop- Robert Hawkins, and they're like Jake Green, Skeet Ulrich's character is. Uh, is the number one character. He's the main character. But um, for those of you who are like, who is that? He is um, Jughead's dad in Riverdale um, now. But anyway, this show rocks, man. Like, this show was so good. Um, kind of like a post-apocalyptic world. And it like it, it's Harry Potter-esque in how it elevates. So it kind of like starts out like, well, what's the world like? And this guy, he's coming back to his town. He hasn't been here in a while. There's like the love flame. And then it's like, Oh shit! Like Texas is stirring it up. America's like fighting. It's like civil war. How are we going to defend our town? And it kind of ends too early. And like, it's nice that it did wrap. They knew it was coming to an end. They they kind of wrapped the show. But the world is still very much in flux at the end of the show. I would love a spinoff to see what happens after. I would love them just to continue the show. Uh, this is one of the most underrated shows ever, man. Like, I absolutely love Jericho. So the, wait, uh, I just want to make sure this was like civil civil war era. No, it's like, it's not modern day, but it's probably like late 90s, early 1000s. And I can't even remember what happens. There's like some sort of like catastrophe that like leaves the world in like no electricity sort of thing. Okay. Okay. And um, yeah, and then there's like militia start to form and there's all sorts of like government conspiracy stuff going on. And then it eventually leads to like there's like a full out like war. So it it's it's pretty awesome, man. So so you so you just want, you know, you want to see what things are going to be. They're going to be like <laughs> a pandemic takes place of all sorts of mili- uh, We probably not- don't get, you know, the first season of like niceties and town drama. If electricity goes out, we get right to like neighbors killing neighbors. Yeah. Right to it. 
Hey, look, I, I didn't I didn't watch the original, so I'm not invested. But unlike you, I mean, I'm here for your dreams. Yeah, <laughs> I'll watch it. Yeah, man, like ride that Riverdale hype. The kids like Riverdale. Take that guy. Take take Skeet Ulrich. Mm-hmm. Uh, get Lenny James back, and let's go, man. Let's go. And Lenny was on um, Walking Dead, right? Like he, I think he's he's had a bit of a. He's got some pull, so... Skeet Ulrich? No, no, Lenny James. Oh, wait, Lenny James, Lenny James. uh, Is he a black British guy? Yeah, uh, I don't know if he's British in it, but he plays Morgan. Like, if you read The Walking Dead comics... Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's the guy I was thinking of. Okay, I love that guy, so I'd be here for it. All right, I also should specify, because I got a little bit of this, you know, uh, you know, flack on Twitter, you know, because we're talking about, you know, spinoffs of great shows or all-time classic shows... Bear with us, folks. <laughs> we, we're not gonna. We're not. We don't want to do spinoffs of crappy shows. So you know. So you know, it, Especially since it's uh, it's it's always fun hype. You know, to hype. You know, to talk about the hypothetical. Just bear with us. I, I want to do a spinoff of a crappy show. But we'll get there. Okay. All right. I'm not mad at it. My next one is for another classic show. One of the greatest shows of all time. And this is the thing. They had state. They talked about doing a movie at some point, and I have no idea where it was. I I could have looked it up. I did not. Um, but I want a Sopranos spinoff. I, I want I want younger Tony. Um, but it's I want it really you know focusing on the story of Anthony. Wait, first of all, did you watch the Sopranos? Like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, I, I wanted, watched them after though. I didn't watch them. In, you didn't in, watch them at the time. Actual time, yeah. That make me you know, But yeah, that makes sense. You know, that would have been way back in the day for you. Um, but I really wanted the so you know the story to focus on Anthony Senior and Uncle Junior. You know, with the ability to also bring in the you know, uh, you know Tony's younger days and all the all the younger days of the you know this whole crew from Big Pussy to Paulie to Chrissy even as a kid, uh, and then Chrissy's dad who you know according to the you know, to legend you know he was killed outside of their home while he was carrying a bunch of TV trays. Um, you know, you can even go to the you know into the wild stuff where Tony and Jackie April. Uh, if this, if the, if my memory serves properly, uh, where they stuck up the executives game, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that kind of sort of like bolstered their status. You know, once they were given a pass, uh, we can even see you know younger Johnny Sack and Ralphie and all those guys. So I would be here for it. Yeah, I'd be into this. I I, I think I would I would be into a mob type show. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't even have to be Sopranos, but I'm, I mean I know that's the like, the appeal for this this game. But I think about what they tried to do, and it's uh, with De Niro and Pesci and Al Pacino, and why can't I think of it right now? The Irishman. movie, Irishman. Yeah. And I really did enjoy it, and it was like this four-hour movie. But like, with with all of the money and production time that goes into television now, like, why doesn't HBO just take that on for ten episodes? You know, like, I I would be into a mob movie, uh, any any mob TV show that had the time money sunk into it. Is what I'm saying. I'm I'm a sucker for well done mob stuff, so yeah, I'm always here for it. Whether it's a show, a mini series, a limited series, or a movie. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, my next one was and and okay, so this is this this is my crappy one. Did you ever see Heroes? Okay. Um, unpopular opinion. I never really liked the show. Everybody loved it. My best friend loved it. He would always say, you know, I love it. And, you know, they talk about it, but it wasn't for me. No, see, and like no, that's the opposite. Like everyone I've talked to wanted to love it, but it just sucked. Ah, okay. It, well. it was like everyone loved the concept, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but like it just it was cheesy. They didn't have a big enough budget at the end of the first season where you're gonna get like the two main guys are gonna have a fight. The door closes and you just get fa- flashing lights. You don't even get any of the action. Like wow, they went that cheap. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, literally like the finale, like ten episodes. Like this guy's <laughs> like an evil superhero. This guy's just learning as superheroes. They like have to clash. A door closes in like an apartment building, and you never you don't see anything. That is phenomenally terrible. Um, and it's not like the season opens with the battle. No, it's just like the after effects of it. Like, yeah, it's it was bad. And here's the thing. This show has already had a spin-off or like a continuation called Heroes Reborn. But I can't think of anyone. I can't think of anything I heard from anyone about it. So that tells you how good it was. How long did it last? One season. 2015, apparently. Okay. Redo this show. Redo the idea of everyday people having superpowers and finding out about it today... And make it like rated R, and and don't do make don't base it around like a cheerleader and a guy that doesn't have powers and is grumpy and is her dad. Um, I I think it, like again it, it could have been really really cool and it just missed. And the fact that like Marvel took off just after this and all of the interest people have had in superheroes the last twenty years, they really just missed on something. Um, you had me when you said, you know, no holds bars or, you know, R-rated because I, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like sanitized stuff. I don't have kids. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> you know, like I've never had to worry about that. Um, I don't like editing, you know, like, you know, you know let, let it, you know, let it fly, let it hang. Um, for example, like that's, that's particularly why you know, upon the, you know, the second attempt to watch it, why I absolutely love the boys from, you know, on Amazon prime. Um, so I, I, I can back this as well, especially if you, if you're going to have it as just, you know, you know, let, you know, actually entertaining and not trying to appeal to, you know, the children. And some of the, the the idea that's fun about heroes is like they're finding people as they go and they have all these different powers and they weren't always really generic things that you had seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be fun. Um, your third one. My third one, and this is the one that, that garnered the most attention on Twitter. A lot of people reacted to this. Initially, there were a few people that were saying like, no, it's a classic. You can't. That's kind of why I, I, I preempted you know the last one with that. Uh, but most, an overwhelming majority of the folks were actually on board once I gave a little bit of a breakdown. But I want the young Omar spinoff. I want the, you know, the prequel to Omar, the prequel to The Wire, in the same way that Vince Gilligan has done with Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad to where you don't have to make it the same exact type of show, but you, you know, you have the same sorts of elements and you and you and you pretty much just show the origin story of omar uh omar littles in my honest opinion is one of the most fascinating characters in tv history um you know it, it's a matter of opinion in terms of like oh he's the best or you know tony soprano's the best or whatever you know uh, you know, uh walter white or whomever else you know is the best but there's no way that anybody that watched this show can't you know especially at, at the time when it came out uh, that that can't you know honestly say that Omar is one of the most fascinating. So anyhow, I I want to watch his development you know from around the age of sixteen. Uh, that would pretty much give you like a twelve to fourteen you know year window you know to to work with in terms of storytelling prior to the action you know it, that we remember from the wire. In fact, you can kind of uh you can kind of time it out and wrap it up somewhere right around you know just you know where he's starting the case you know the first you know his first Barksdale crew. Um, I would love someone like uh, I, I don't want to mess the guy's name up. Damson Idris, uh, are you familiar with him? You, you know, he's a you know, primary character in Snowfall. He's been in Black Mirror before. Uh, Snowfall. Why does that sound familiar? Snowfall is like the the retelling of um, the crack epidemic, you know, in Los Angeles. And I don't think I've seen it. Ooh. Yeah. 
definitely check that one good, out. Yeah. I'll bring that up another time since, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's just a couple months away from season four starting up. Uh, but definitely want to check that out. But anyway, Damson Idris, he absolutely could pull off the role of, you know, of young Omar. Um, I, 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 genu- I genuinely believe that he would get it right. Uh, so I want to follow Omar's path. I want Mahershala Ali. I want them to, you know, HBO to link up with Mahershala once again because he was also fantastic um, in... Um, Oh man, true. Uh, was it True Detective? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, uh, in uh, season three of that, uh, I want him either in an uncle role or the older brother role. Um, if you're a fan of The Wire, you know he was mentioned in season one. No heart. Uh, let's see. I want Giancarlo Esposito. Yes, I want him in the role of the king of the streets at the time. You know, of, as of Omar's teenage years, and just pretty much go from there. And like as I mentioned, once I saw what Gilligan did with Better Call Saul, I'm absolutely positive David Simon could do the same with this type of spinoff. I recognize this is hypothetical, and he probably never would be interested in a spinoff of any of any sort. Uh, but I'd be here for it. You know what? I was kind of on those people. I was like, don't touch this. Mm-hmm. I, and then now hearing you, now I'm now I kind of want it. Um, hey, I sold it in the room. You did, because <laughs> like here, here's the thing too is like part of the reason I thought Omar's character was so great is he was so unabashedly himself and simple. Um, mm-hmm. And that's I, I think it's almost always easier to carry a character that isn't in the camera under the camera all the time. Mm-hmm. Like Omar's scenes were so like calculated and on point and and, and moved. You know the caboose in terms of the plot and i just don't know that like his character he is who he is like we know who omar is and what he's about and we know how he's going to act in most situations so i was kind of like initially worried about like this might undermine all the great character work he did by forcing him to be the guy on the show but i, I now that you're adding in these other pieces i could dig it like it, if it was about him but like there was whatever's going on with Esposito, and then there was like the whatever cops are trying to get get them, and and they did it in that same way. I would be more into it rather than like we're just on Omar all the time. For sure, and 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 it truly in the style of the Wire, where you're just getting layers and levels. Where just like okay, so some people would tell you the Wire was like McNulty was the main character, which you know yes he was a main character, but you know so was the bunk, and so were you know many other guys you know you know within the crews at Avon and you know across the board. Um, same type deal, you know. You, you know, he's one of the primary characters, and you're watching his development, like kind of like in the same style that we were able to watch Michael's development from season four, you know, through season five. Um, and even though, yes, you're right, he's such a, you know, he, he's such a remarkable character. We, you would be able to see how that all developed, where he got that code from, where he, you know, you know, you know, where, you know, where all of that came from. Also, by the way, from the time, you know, that would be right around when McNulty was a rookie cop. That would be uh, less. You know, Bunk would still be a cop. Lester Freeman would still be a cop. So you could work all of those other characters in there in the same way that Breaking, excuse me, that Better Call Saul has done. You know, slowly but surely working in the characters that we knew and love. Here's my one addition. I want Michael Pitt to be a dirty, dirty cop. Michael Pitt. Michael Pitt. Hold on. Let me look him up. He was in Boardwalk Empire. Oh wait, uh, Jimmy. Yeah, see, so yeah, they foolishly, they, uh, spoiler alert, they foolishly killed him off in season two. Yeah, they, they killed him off, and he was, like, the most interesting character in the show itself. By far. Um, still a really good show. I think Boardwalk's underrated. But, yeah, I, I want Michael Pitt in there. And, you know, he's got the HBO ties. Let's make it happen. Um, yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, my last one, I'm, I'm going to hedge here. Okay, so I had lost, but, like, here's the thing. Go back to where Charlie dies... And then redo the show with the characters from there. And don't do, like, the heaven-hell 
creators, I don't know, brother thing that they did where Lost got really weird. I stand by the fact that the first two seasons of Lost are the best first two seasons of any television show. Interesting. I was so hooked in the moment, and then they just like, how can we outdo ourselves? How can we outdo ourselves? How can we outdo ourselves? What would make this island crazier? What if they were all dead? What if this was about heaven and hell? You know, like, what if they left the island? What if they came back to the island? Like, they just, they, it just got away from them, but they had such a great idea, like the thriller, what's going on the island, um, the politics of who's running the camp. Let's go back to that. Let's 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 start fresh and run it back. That's that's where I'm at. But um, I also want to throw in two movie ideas, but as TV shows. Okay. So any thoughts on the Lost? I should probably watch Lost before I watch your spinoff idea. <laughs> You've never watched Lost? Never, never watched it. I used to be a snob. I used to only watch HBO and Showtime shows, like you know, like as show as as in your quote unquote shows. Yeah. Lost is the only television show I ever watched. Like. Mm. When it was airing, the moment it was airing, every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. Okay. And it, I, it, I mean, it did really, and it was one of those shows that fell in with the writer's strike. And when they came back from the writer, it was like, what is going But it was so good the first two seasons, man. I'll, I'll, yeah, you, you, you know me, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to check that out. And you and you got to tweet it out so I can can rerun it. Because when I started dating my girlfriend, I went through... We watched all seven seasons again a couple years ago. But I would love to see your reactions as you go through. Okay. All right. Give it a, give it a few weeks. Let me give you a couple of ones. <laughs> yeah. more. Clear, clear the schedule and then and then dive in. Okay. So here are my two ideas. And I've, I've held these as movie ideas. But actually, these might be better in a 10-part series. Um, okay. So two of the best movie villains... Ever, and I'm pitching the same sort of idea for both villains. I would be both open to both or either show. If you're a producer and you're listening to this podcast, thank you. Please like, rate, or subscribe, write a review. But you can take these ideas free of charge. Don't even have to credit me. Like, let's just okay. Verbal Kint Ooh. from The Usual Suspects, still at large. Give me somebody. Someone charismatic, a big name. How much do people hate Kevin Spacey right now? For, you heard my hmm, right? Uh-huh. Because, because I was like, oh, how's he going to pull this off? Yeah. Let them hate him. Let's have a manhunt for verbal kint. Ten, ten, ten episodes of them chasing Kevin Spacey. Okay? Oh, boy. This is more of an intrigue, like detective, like version of the show. Now, my super violent action version of the show Anton Chigger, No Country for Old Men, Javier Bardem. Ooh. He's at large. This guy this guy is the coldest killer. Like the, the air, the the I don't know, pressurized air gun thing that he had. Mm-hmm. He's on the loose. Give me somebody, like I, I don't I'm I'm trying to think of who who you had such nice like actor selections already ready. I'm trying to think of who would be perfect to be like He's after Anton Chigger. He's like Josh Brolin's nephew, and he's, you know, part of whatever, Texas Rangers, whatever you need to do to make him a badass to chase Anton Chigger down for 10 episodes. What about that, Michael C. Hall? Oh, I could dig it. You know? like, But he, he, might, be too, he might be too old. Oh, we might need true. somebody younger. It's if we're going to go Michael C. Hall, then he's also, like, Dexter in the show, too. Like, he's kind of like sick as well. Okay. Yeah. Let me see. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the fly, but by the way, that first idea, 
Uh, you could also work in Chris Hansen as the detective because that would be to catch a predator. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> I love the second idea though. I, I, you know, it, it, any, anything of that nature, I'm here for. Take like they're too good of characters and too good of villains to just leave on the shelf forever. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Wait a second. What about the idea of a a female uh, protagonist chasing like a, the Javier Bardem your character? They could do that, but I don't really like women, women dying television show. And the first season of this has to end with Anton Chigger getting him. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, we can hold off that. <laughs> she can she can be like the partner that gets him in the next season. But like, I, I, the way I had this, um, did you watch Narcos Mexico? Not yet. Uh, okay, well, it's a spoiler show. Narcos Mexico, Michael Pena gets caught, right? It's based on true events. Mm-hmm. I want it to kind of be like that. Like, you're rooting okay. for them to get Anton Chigger because he's such a bad dude, and obviously that's the point of the show, but then Anton Chigger gets it first. I, he's I, just I, I that could be bad. there for that. I, yeah. especially, you know, especially since if you want it to go on, you, you, know, you kind of have to. But yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think we've seen in recent years with True Detective and other shows, like, give me one great season rather than three average seasons. I, I'm, I'm good with that, you know? Like, we don't need more than eight or ten episodes if you can complete an awesome show in that time. Yeah, you know what? If it's great, 100%. And I, I will state, they rebounded in season three. Like, I wasn't just kidding about Mahershala. He, you know, he was very good in that. Uh, season two was just dog crap. Just no, see, crap. I disagree. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Season two was terrible because the writers didn't know what they were doing. Yes. But the individual performances were awesome. Yeah, but that's the the trouble is, you know, like I'm not an award I'm not an award show. I want to be entertained. So the but I was I was way more interested in the characters played by Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn than I was the character played by Mahershala Ali. I just realized. But, I just realized you're you're a big Vince Vaughn person, so of course you thought that. I love both of those. Was it good? Those they were both they were both great. It was right. just like, what's the point of the season? And then they had like Taylor Kitsch who was having like. The sexual identity crisis, mm-hmm. and then they just kill them off, and there was like there was no resolution on it, or like for just no reason, like <laughs> like did he did he touch that officer? Did he make a move on that officer? Is he gay? Is he not gay? What does this have to do with the killings in California? Mm-hmm. Like they just spent like a quarter of the time on his character, and it was all pointless. And so like, I don't blame Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn or Rachel McAdams for that mess, but I thought all three of them had really great performances. Yeah, they did well. I just, I just didn't like the, this. Wait a second. So let me. You know what? We won't drag this on. But as a season, do you honestly think that season two was better than season three? No, no, that's oh, okay. not what I'm saying. Got I'm it, just saying. Okay. I'm saying like Mahersha. Like I, I felt like season three, what was kind of dull. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was a better, more cohesive season than season two. But I wasn't overly excited, and the lack of like another character mixing in there, I think hurt it. Yeah, they were they were trying to recreate the exact same vibe as season one, and it didn't they didn't quite get there. Yeah, it, it was meh. Um, yeah, not I mean that first season is so celebrated now; it'd be tough to top. But it was I, both seasons have been kind of a letdown from the release. Yeah, no arguments here. And I think on that note, we're gonna wrap episode eight. So once again, if you could like, rate, subscribe, please give us a review if you got the time. I'm on Twitter at Josh Eberly. Jabari's on Twitter at Jabari Davis MBA. And we have a Twitter handle for the show at Dunks Discourse. Thanks to Blue Wire for setting this up. And we'll see you Monday morning.